Coming up on today's edition of Your Financial Mission, we're going to be talking about controlling greed, fear, and other important emotions when planning for retirement. Hey, it happens to the best of us. If you let your emotions get the best of you from time to time, especially when it comes to your money, then listen to today's episode because we're going to talk about how to control it, how that can improve your financial life, and solutions for you if you have struggled with this in the past. All that more straight ahead on today's episode. This is your financial mission. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Your Financial Mission. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus, CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, offices in Maryland and Ohio, but serving you wherever you are online at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Janine, what's up? Good to see you. Hey, Walter. Long time. Yeah, no see. Looking, looking forward to kicking the podcast back off with you here on Your Financial Mission. I know folks who used to listen to the show, uh, we're back at it. We're back rolling. We had a small sidetrack there for a while where we had a specific focus on uh, women. Her Wealth Matters was the uh, name of our show for a little while. But we're back to Your Financial Mission, and I'm ready to get things up and running with you again. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm yeah, looking, forward, looking to forward to it. forward to it as well. <laughs> And uh, we are going to be talking about emotions today. That doesn't mean we're getting emotional on the show by any means, Janine. Right, we're going right. keep things <laughs> professional here today. Uh, but we are going to talk about how to control greed and maybe fear and other emotions when planning for retirement. I'm guessing these are pretty common issues when you're meeting with folks, right, Janine? It absolutely is. And, to, and this year has been uh, one of those years where fear is the emotion most people have to control or be encouraged to control because we've had probably the most volatile market in 40 years. Um, it's been pretty insane. And even though I'm, you know, as you know, I'm very communicative with clients, they still, they want to see the data, they want some reassurance. And I, actually a, a really nice thing that one of the clients told me is he said, Janine, your message never changes. I'm like, well, it really shouldn't if I'm giving you the right message. That's kind of a good thing, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, we, you, because the market's going to do what it's going to do. And markets are impacted by not so much whoever's in the, you know, the front office or in uh, the Congress, it's really impacted by the policies that are executed, and just influences on the market. So and that makes it really crazy for people who think that they can control some of this mm. when they're making their decisions. So right now, um, as I said, you know, we've had, what is it, nine months? If you go to the end of September, nine months and the S&P 5 is down 25%. So yeah. that's not the worst we've ever had. But it's not but very fun to go through it's either. It's not fun at all. And so one of the things that I've been doing is uh, sending out a couple videos or articles that say, hey, let's put things in perspective because we are actually currently on the Dow, so which is at 30,000 and change. We're basically where we were last year in the summer. We actually were here in June of this year, 2022. People don't remember that because yeah. it's, it's just not a data point that sticks. So if I say, okay, we're where we were last year, we've essentially given up a year's return. So that doesn't, you know, if you haven't sold out of portfolios, which none of my clients have, um, then, okay, this is a temporary motion here. And so you've just got to stay disciplined and, you know, stay in your seat, seat belts buckled, tables in their upright position. <laughs> Well, it, it's kind of like baseball or any sport. It's kind of like stats, right? You can twist stats, you can engineer stats 
to say whatever you want to say, first of <laughs> all, but you can also use them to kind of uh, stoke these different emotions. And so you drop a perfect example there. Like if you drop the emotion of like, oh my gosh, year to date, we're down the 25% or whatever. Oh my gosh. You know, it stokes all of these like, you know, emotions of fear and worry, concern, all of those different things. But then when you put it in the perspective of, yeah, but we're, we're where we are, where we were last year. So we're really right. just where we, exactly where we were last year at this point. Uh, we're kind of in this, you know, uh, so how does that make you feel? It's like, oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad then. So you can kind of manipulate these things and then your emotions change right along with all of that. Right. And, and one of the challenges is people tend to focus on what's in the news the most or what they are aware of the most. So what are the two numbers that are in the news? The Dow, which is only 30 companies, and the S&P 5, which is 500 of the largest US growth companies. So that's where their focus is. Unfortunately for the market, the NASDAQ, which is your tech, all the, all the tech companies, is down 30%. And small cap, which usually outperforms large cap, is down 31%. So, okay, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to equities. I mean, bonds, we'll have a we'll have another podcast on bonds, but uh, specifically, but bonds are down too. And that's what's made this this year so painful is because the Fed is raising rates, bond prices are falling. Mm -hmm. And so you have a double whammy, you've got equities down and bonds that are getting crushed. So there really is nowhere to hide and you can't hide in cash because inflation's because inflation is going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you have to, you, you know, you, you have to have the strategy that you can emotionally handle, obviously, but you have to stay disciplined with yeah. the strategy and don't panic. That's the real issue is don't panic. Well, every show, uh, this is your financial mission, of course. And so every show is going to have a mission. And so our mission today <laughs> is for folks who want to better understand and better control their emotions so that you can experience a better financial future. Well, this will be the show for you because that's going to be our goal today is to understand these emotions that often hit us when it comes to finances, money, retirement planning, and then try to control our emotions so that we can make better financial decisions. So that'll be today's episode's goal and mission, Janine. So let's dive into some of these different emotions. And since we're on the topic, let's talk greed. And I don't know if you've got maybe an example of a client that's been through, you know, kind of uh, what we've seen the last couple of years, maybe somebody trying to chase big returns, maybe they needed more safety. Were they being too greedy? Where have you seen that really wreck retirement plans? Well, typically, when the markets are roaring, is when people get greedy. I mean, if you look at the- This is the, what we saw the last couple of years, right? Oh yeah, and, and actually it's been happening since 2009, which a lot of people don't realize that from the bottom of the last recessionary market, which was 2008, into the very beginning of 2009, the market flipped in the beginning of March of 2009. And from then on, we've had what one would consider the longest bull run in history, even though we had actually several <laughs> negative years in that run, mm -hmm. they just weren't huge. But people get greedy because it's the most um, recent emotion of, oh my gosh, elation. You know, my, my, my portfolios are doing well, I'm making money, I'm making money. So the idea for a lot of people is I wanna chase more return. Well, when you chase return, which um, I can tell you a really good example, back in 2014, the S&P 5 did 13%. So I had a couple clients say to me, why aren't we all in the S&P 5? And I said, wait for it. <laughs> because let's see what happens next year. And in 2015, the S&P 5 did 1.3. Mm. So if you had chased that return in 2014, you would have given up twice. 
Wow. Because, you know, it, the, by the time people move, the market's already ahead of you. So you're, you're going to be constantly this, this chasing, and that can lead to absolute disaster. So, so. We, we've got to control that greed element mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that can really um, kind of, it can not just cause us to like go in the negative direction, but just to miss out on things, right? Like if we're right. getting greedy and trying to jump in, jump out, uh, it never really works out for folks or, or most often is going to lead to some sort of disaster or setback, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you chase return and then you panic because it's not going your way, mm. I mean, that's what happened, you know, leading into 2008 and then... I mean, I met people back in 2014, I was talking with people that had gotten out of the market because they were so panicked with 2008, they'd never gotten back in. And so now it's 2014 oh, okay. and you missed from 2009 to the end of 2013 was a massive run up, which if you were greedy, you would think you'd be in the market. Yeah. But these people were not in the market. They completely missed that run up. So fear is the next thing on the list. And right. again, the other one that's kind of current right now is indeed fear. People selling at the wrong time after a market crash, obviously being a good example of that. But you're really kind of illustrating for us that greed and fear are actually very closely linked. They're, they're not exact mm -hmm. opposites like you might think. No, they, they, are, they absolutely are linked because we all want to do better. We all want more. It just doesn't matter how much you have. Everybody wants 10% more. That's just... <laughs> There's actually research on that. But the problem is, is the greed can get in the way of logic and looking at things in perspective. Um, and then when the things don't happen as you had planned, then fear takes over. And that's when the panic happens. Also getting in the way of logic. Getting in the way of logic, right. Yeah. And so it's, you really do have, I mean, we're hardwired to do that because it's a fight or flight response. So uh, in, you know, in life, that will, might serve us well. <laughs> of a sort, but in investing, it doesn't. And so getting people to stay focused on what the overall strategy is for the longest term is really the key. Because especially if people are in retirement, that cycle will destroy you financially. It is so difficult to control these things though. Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, just speaking from my own recent experience, you know, I can be cool as a cucumber when we talk about these things on these podcasts, or if I'm even like talking to a friend about money and they might ask for advice. And I like, well, I, I play an advisor on the radio and in, and in podcasting. So, you know, I, I pick up a thing or two from, uh, you know, these advisors and folks like Janine that I talk to, and I'm fine to give advice and tell them what the, the, they should confidently do and, and make prognostications and all that stuff. Then when it's me by myself sitting here at the computer and I've got the mouse in my hand and I'm looking around and I'm thinking about moving money from this area to this area and I'm going to say, all right, I think I'm going to invest here or get in the market here or, or do this. It's paralyzing because then it's your right. own money and those emotions start taking over and overruling some of that more rational thought that you were doling out to uh, you know, other people that you know. Well, and one of the things that, that stops people is, okay, if the market has another run-up, then you're going, oh my gosh, you know, if I get in, the, if I get in when it's high, it's just going to fall again. Right, <laughs> or, right. or I'm not going to make the money if I get in here at, you know, if the market's at the high point and I get in here, where, how am I going to make any money? Well, yeah. that's where, you know, having a good sounding board helps because the long history of the market is, you know, we're from here to here. I mean, if you go back five years, let's go back to 2017. So that's five years ago, right? Um, yep. Wow, that's crazy to think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were at like, uh, I can't remember exactly, but we were at not even 20,000. We were like at 17,000 on the Dow. Okay. 
So we've more, we've almost doubled the Dow. Yeah. In that five years. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that, that was, you know, that was false. There was a lot of different money holding up the market, blah, blah, blah. The market just prices in things, prices yeah. in this news. So I, I don't care about that stuff. It will. But, and like you said, we're down 25% right now and yet still way above where we were during those times. Exactly so. right. So getting people to understand, okay, where did you start? Where are you now? Isn't that more important? then okay, I'm, I'm following day, daily, don't look at it daily. I do because yeah. I laugh at like market watch because all the headlines still change during the same day. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, you'll have one that's talking about how it's the end of the world as we know it and then <laughs> others that are like, I think this is the bottom and things are gonna go up from here. We're, exactly. we're due for a huge rally. I think just yesterday I saw that exact same thing where one person was saying we're in for another 50% drop and there was another article on the same site right below it that said uh, the bottom is in and huge rally on the way in the next couple of months. So. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, with the emotion of hope, those kinds of things, when you're, you're reading what you want to read, oh, it gives you hope, you know, um, or, you know, so it, it's hard for people to, to be comfortable when you see all of that, you know, yeah. the different uh, such a big difference in opinions. And that's what you have to remember. It's an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it, these people get paid a lot of money to write their opinions about what the market's going to do, right. when in fact nobody knows. Or getting paid to entertain you, and that's, that's right. a different motivation than helping you. Those are right. those are very different things. Right. So when people are, you know, closing in on or in retirement, it you know you need a different conversation, mm -hmm. and it's what's your plan, not what Wall Street's plan is, and then how do you how do you personally with your situation how will you respond to policies you know gas prices increase in cost of living you know what are the other things on your plate like yeah. grand grandkids kids whatever um you know legacy planning or anything like that because that's what's really going to affect it's the other money decisions that affect the money but well hope is a really interesting one that you bring up because it's not just the hope for the stock market i mean that's certainly one area hey i just hope things are going to go up from here and that that'll put me in a better position to retire you know i boy if i hope the stock market goes up 20 percent because then i'll finally have enough money to buy that house i want or or get xyz that i want not a great strategy to just have that hope but it's more pervasive than just the market right there a lot of people hope for other things in retirement to just work out instead of having a plan about it oh yeah i mean folks for the most part when they hit retirement want to be comfortable and they, but they also want some kind of clarity and confidence in that their decisions are the right ones for them. And when you have circumstances like we're going through right now with kind of recessionary type inflation and squeeze on interest rates and everything, that can change your game really fast. Mm. You know, or what you, you were thinking um, was going to be, you know, when they, when they changed the tax codes and they changed the brackets or they add brackets and you're now finding yourself in a higher tax bracket okay, you really didn't plan for that. So how does that affect you? Yeah. So most people hope to be comfortable in retirement and not have to worry about these things. But the reality is all of this affects us. Yeah. So how does it affect you individually? And then how do you respond to it? Hope is really useful, right? Because I think I'm imagining when someone comes in to meet with you, you wanna hear what they hope for. You wanna hear those oh, hopes, yeah, dreams, goals in retirement. Right. It's then your job to make sure that the plan matches that hope. So hope's not something we just throw out. We, we want to include that. It just can't be the plan. 
Right. That's exactly right. Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of the known as the tough love advisor because I'm gonna <laughs> tell you the okay, military that, background. Yeah, that that must be. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the joke about the knife hand, you know, in the Marines. It's like you get the knife hand. Okay, here's the truth. Here's the here's that straight skinny. <laughs> Listen up, the straight yeah. skinny. I love it. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you can hope that things are going to work out like X, Y, Z, but how about if we plan for this, this, and this, I mean, you got to have some contingency planning, at least think about it. Yeah. At least discuss it because it's important to have those discussions. Some people just shy away from that because they're not comfortable with it, but Mm -hmm. you've got to be prepared. I mean, that's just, that's just the military (laughs) aspect or the girl scout or the boy scout. Because remember we were all prepared. That's for right. things. <laughs> yep, so. got to prepare. So look, we've talked about greed so far, fear, hope. We're going to hit a few other emotions as well. But if you're listening to the podcast today and you've got questions about your financial plan, if you've had trouble, if you're like me and you sit in front of that screen and you're not quite sure what to do, whether it be your 401k or uh, your IRA or just making a decision maybe over like a, a pension and, and how that's going to get distributed and should you choose the spousal option, I mean, all of these different decisions decision points during your retirement planning can be areas where you get hung up, where these emotions will come in, take over, and maybe lead you astray. So if you need help managing those emotions, making the right decisions, and need that objective third party, that's where an advisor certainly can come in and help things out. If you want to reach out to Janine, I invite you to do so. You can do it a couple of different ways. Uh, One, give a call, 443-718-6311 is the number. 443-718-6311. You can go online to TheusWealthAdvisors.com. We'll also link to that website and put the phone number in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. On the website, by the way, you will find the seven secrets to a smart retirement plan. This is a toolkit that Janine has put together. It's got a couple of free books in it and a couple of other good nuggets and elements and items inside of there to help you begin your retirement planning process. And again, teach you the lessons for engineering a successful retirement. So I invite you to check that out. That's a free resource. Just look for it on the website again at theuswealthadvisors.com. We'll link to it again in the description of the show today. So a couple of other emotions we can talk about, Janine. Next one would be pride. You know, pride can be a good thing, uh, but we know that it can also be a very bad thing, especially when it comes to retirement planning. And I guess it's just a a failure to admit when you're wrong, maybe. This probably links right back to that greed and fear scenario that you were outlining at the beginning. Yeah, it kind of links to greed, I think. But, I mean, pride, it's important to be proud of your accomplishments, things you've done. That's a different emotion really than being so prideful you won't listen to reasoned advice Mm. i mean some people don't want any advice (laughs) because they think they know it all well this is the old asking for direction you know a couple driving down the road (laughs) that gets lost asking for direction joke right (laughs) yeah and and you know it's unfortunate because i mean there there are people who are good at doing this themselves but what they most people don't understand is Wall Street's game is completely different than what you think. And so if you're very prideful because I I can pick this, I can do this. I actually had a guy tell me he was a genius. I'm like, okay, good luck with that. But, um, and he wasn't, but. Yeah, that <laughs> is sort of a then why are, you, why are you here to see me kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, good luck with that because, you know, it'll be good until it isn't. Yeah. 
Can you expand more on what you meant by Wall Street's a different game than most people realize, or, or has a, is a, is a different thing than most people realize? Well, so Wall Street makes its bones, really, on getting you to think that they know where the market's going, or they know what stocks to pick. I mean, every day, there's some article about, oh, these are the three stocks you need in this For environment. Sure. And next, tomorrow, it's going to be three different stocks. And um, so TV shows built around picking uh, stocks and that kind of thing, right? Exactly. You know, everybody knows about Jim Cramer. He's an entertainer and his stock picks have always been wrong Mm -hmm. when you look at it. Um, So are Susie Orman's. She's not an advisor. I think she used to be a broker, but she's been wrong almost on almost everything. So you have to be very careful what advice you're picking or or listening to but wall street has i mean that's where they make their money is getting people to move to trade in and out in and out in and out and so they make their money on you chasing the return track record investing which is saying oh this this fund did great last year so i'm going to pick it because my fund's not doing so well so i'm going to go pick this fund so that's called track record investing okay it's one way to devastate a portfolio um, you know, trying to pick the right stock, the right fund. If Wall Street knew which one was the right one, do you think they'd tell you? Probably not, you know. And understanding that the market itself and the way it actually works is random. So instead of chasing return, you should try to capture return. So then that's a whole different qu- um, conversation of how do I do that effectively. You're, you're really hitting on the pride thing there. I mean, mm-hmm. say, say what you said again about, about the randomness because that is like... I don't know, a dagger to someone's heart when they're prideful and think that they have skill in picking the market and all those kinds of things. When you say, no, 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 it's completely random. Uh, You you just got lucky perhaps once or twice. I mean, that's that's what's hard for people to swallow, right? It really is. And uh, because they think they can. Now, does that mean that that there aren't factors that could drive a market? Go back to GameStop. What happened with Reddit and um, the Robinhood crowd? Yeah. Because they were driving that stock price when it didn't have the valuation, the company itself didn't have that valuation. But this group of people, very large group, were driving that price up, and they took out the hedge fund, effectively. So yeah, there's that. But and you don't want to get caught up in that. Yeah, because because it's, it's very similar to a Ponzi scheme. And the folks in first are the ones who made out, right? Yeah, they, but, they they were convincing people to buy in at you know one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars, or how I forget how much yeah. it actually went up to. But those people who were buying in at those high levels, uh, you're not hearing those stories as much as you did hear the couple of folks that were in at the beginning. That's right, and so you know a lot of people got burned. Um, same thing with Bitcoin. That's a whole different conversation, but Bitcoin is yeah. kind of a Ponzi scheme right now. And that's where it's proven to be. So the pride is, I, I know this, I know this, I know this. When you don't, I mean, you might be a very smart person. I have a lot of very smart clients, um, aerospace engineers, physicists, astronomers, et cetera. But, and I actually had one guy tell me, he goes, I'm really good at math, but I don't understand anything about this. <laughs> I, said, I said, well. This isn't really math, right? It's a, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Exactly right. So getting people to like take a step back and realize that there is a different game that Wall Street's playing and you need to learn to play your game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the understanding we're trying to accomplish on the show today for sure. So what, what about uh, two more emotions I want to throw at you? What about guilt? Do you ever see guilt um, as sort of a, a barrier to somebody's financial success? Absolutely. Um, in fact, I have a it's kind of, it's a very sad story. 
a, a friend of one of my brothers basically back in 2008 had an, a million dollar portfolio that the broker ended up trading out down to 70,000. Mm. So 70,000? 70,000. Oh my gosh. He lost it almost at all. And he was so remorseful. He was so devastated and, you know, guilt-ridden about the whole thing. He committed suicide. Mm. So guilt everybody makes mistakes. There's no perfect solution. There's no perfect path. It just sometimes seems like people are on perfect paths and I guarantee you they're not. But that guilt can overwhelm your decision-making ability. It can overwhelm your ability to see the larger picture and to stay with the plan because, oh, I messed up and I messed up terribly. You know, I mean, a lot of people had tremendous guilt at being taken by Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do from there? You have to, okay, what do I do next? Yeah. But a lot of people don't move that direction. They just, it just destroys them, which is really well, sad. Just look at all the previous emotions that we've talked about related to money, that it's not surprising, it's not surprising when something does go wrong that it, that it, that it leads to conclusions like that and that that guilt is so strong. But it's like anything mm -hmm. else in life. If we fall down, if we make a mistake, we mess up. We've got to find ways to not be scared off forever because that can right. be just as, you know, even if it doesn't end in the, you know, kind of that ultimate, you know, negative story of, of a suicide or something like that. But just even if it scares you so much and the guilt is so great that you just don't ever want to play the game again or do anything with your money and you just stuff it under the mattress, that can be just as kind of harmful to your financial future. It is. And, and even to your, I would say, emotional future in that you have to keep moving forward. I mean, I just had somebody say to me yesterday, I don't know why, and he's not that old. And he's like, I don't know why I'm st still going to the gym. And I said, well, because if you want to keep moving, you need to keep moving. Yeah, even if you're not setting personal records anymore at some <laughs> that's, point. That's right. The goal changes a little bit, right? You know, I'm, I can't run like I used to. I used to be able to run like the wind. I can't do it anymore. Right, right. <laughs> I'll find something else to do. Um, I, and, I've, had, I've had to go through that recently, actually. I was getting in, in pretty good shape in uh, North Carolina, and uh, it was at, at kind of the peak, peak physical uh, shape that I've been in my whole life. I ran a five-minute mile um, and was, was feeling fantastic. And then right when we moved, I got injured. And in addition to that, we moved to Colorado. And, you know, the thin air out here, it's no joke. And so recovering from an injury and having this, like, altitude change and, like, be, being unable to breathe after running for, like, 30 <laughs> seconds, you know, like, my performance has been cut way, way, way down. And I'm like, and now I can't set any personal bests anymore. And it's like, what is this all for now? And it's like, well... <laughs> One, you'll get back there, and two, like it's okay to have a little bit different goal now. Like life really changed with an injury and with a move, so give yourself some time, give yourself some grace, you know that kind of thing. Well, and that's what you have to allow to happen yeah. because nobody ever stays. I mean, even the the top athletes don't stay on top forever. Yeah, because we all get when you're older, and that you know now you've got like just look at Michael Michael Phelps. He's only thirty six. Right. I mean, he's was a professional. He's an, old, he's an old, old man in the swimming world, right? <laughs> exactly. So he's retired, and he's got way more than you know enough money, I'm sure, uh, and he gets endorsements. But he's not going to swim the times he swam at 15, right? And and so it's like I mean, I try to tell people, like I was telling this gentleman, 
um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I said, you know, you've got to keep moving because that's what's really important mm -hmm. is you've got to keep moving forward because you, there's a decision and it's the same in finance. I can either sit in a corner and drool <laughs> right, right. and feel sorry for myself, or I can keep moving forward and whatever the next adventure is, I, I'm going to be part of it. And that's a decision. Yep. That's but a, you, a, you, can, you can choose that attitude. You can choose those decisions to keep moving. All of that is important, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's the same in finances. Everybody makes a mistake. Okay, I screwed up over here. Now I need a plan to move forward. How am I going to do this? Yeah, I like that. So we want proper planning, control all of those previous emotions so that it doesn't lead to some situation where we do have guilt. Um, like that, that's a, probably a really great way to think about these things. If we're putting in the, we, if we get to the guilt stage because we made a mistake, that's okay and we can deal with it. But with proper planning, you should probably never even get to that guilt stage. Right. And there is probably a flip side to that guilt side too. It's not always, I made a mistake or I, I, I cost myself money on like the downside of things. Sometimes people feel guilty because they sold out of something too soon. It may even be a positive result but then they, they didn't sell at the top. And so now they feel like they missed out on something. All right, I missed out on Bitcoin. I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, that, that's almost an emotion in its, of itself, right? The shoulda, coulda, woulda. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that happens to a lot of people. Um, if you were working for, you know, let's say some big defense contractor company and the, you know, years ago, 10 years ago, let's just say Lockheed Martin, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the stock price was 15 bucks a share. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's $400 a share. Right, right. So, oh my gosh, I should have kept those shares. It might be fun to say, uh, if only I had, but right. you didn't. And there's no sense, you know, dwelling on it because, yeah. but we all do that. And it's a really insidious emotion. Yeah. Be because it keeps you stuck. The what so, ifs. Yeah. And not realizing that there's just as many what ifs that have probably the re reverse result that we never think about or never look at. If I had stayed in something, it would have maybe gone the other direction. So right. those things do seem like they balance out a little bit, just, not in just in finances, but in lots of areas of life. Yeah. So you have to, you have to really kind of get a grip on your emotions and say, what, yeah. what's really important to me? What's enough? Yeah. What is enough for me? Um, because everybody, like I said in the beginning, every, you know, the, the research has said, doesn't matter how much you have, everybody wants 10% more. Yeah. Does, is that going to make you happier? So what you, does, we, we need to learn how to be content in some ways. Well, and, it, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, strive to do more things or good things, but it's just, you've got to realize that what's the driving force for your life? Is it to have the 10% more? And if you get that 10% more, what's it for? Right. You yeah. Know. What does the 10% allow you to do? And exactly. Is the risk to get there worth it for what you could lose? That's right. Interesting. So. All right, one last emotion. We'll wrap it up on this one, a positive one, joy. Tell us about uh, where joy pops up in retirement planning. I think where I have gotten feedback from clients, it's that they are happy or joyful in that there's a plan. We've been sticking to it. We haven't changed the plan in terms of, uh, you know, I'm not jinking and zinking or whatever, zigzag, you know, on strategies and that the overall strategy has stayed the same. I mean, we're adjusting, doesn't mean you shouldn't adjust as life adjusts, but the strategy for investing or for portfolios really is we're still using the research. We're still in the science. We're not trying to speculate. 
we're not gambling. So once people understand that, they're actually more um, confident mm. and they have clarity about where they're going. So that does bring joy because then they're, the, the stress and the worry is not there. Yeah, it's a great so. point. Uh, I think you can point to a lot of examples in life where that rings true. I'll, uh, I'll end with a fun little story from my childhood that I think illustrates this point beautifully. Uh, I may have shared this a long time ago on the podcast. I used to be very scared of thunderstorms when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would just freak out whenever we would get thunderstorms at the house. My parents didn't know what to do. They couldn't figure out like how to rationalize with me that we weren't gonna our house wasn't gonna blow away just from a normal afternoon summer thunderstorm kind of thing. But yeah, it, it was something about all those warning lights that would come on and the noise on the radio or on TV whenever there was one of those warnings. It was just like to a kid, it just struck me as such a severe thing, and I just couldn't comprehend what was what was going to happen we've ended up finding out it was the unknown it was just like this inability to process all of this unknown information right and so what we ended up doing was just making a plan so every time there was a severe thunderstorm we then would just follow this simple little plan where instead of staying up at the top of the house we'd go to the basement because you know like that you're safer in the basement so that that was part of the plan and we had like a little kit with flashlights in it and a weather radio and so there was comfort around having this piece of the plan where if the lights went out, we had light so we wouldn't be in a dark basement with no light. And then we even had a ping pong table that we put <laughs> in the basement. And so part of the plan was to play ping pong while all this stuff was going on. And so all this fear, worry, stress, and concern evaporated and turned into whenever there was a thunderstorm, and we got to go downstairs and play ping pong. <laughs> so we'd be down there playing ping pong. So it went from me freaking out and basically being very difficult to live with all of a sudden to now just be putting a simple plan in place. Um, you know, we, we had a way to then cope, understand, figure all that out. And it's interesting all these years later, you know, this is another story, but like weather's a big passion of mine now. And I love weather and storms and all this kind of stuff. And so it grew then into something totally different that you would have never imagined originally. And I think it's just all because we developed a simple plan to know what to do during these things, control these emotions, you know, that, that fear, uh, that was the big one for me, obviously, during that time. But it's the same thing in these finances and the same thing with retirement yep. planning. You're helping people control all of these emotions with a proper plan, and it works like magic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, some people could argue that you're you're substituting this, this uh, perceived uh, threat environment with, you know, stability and something that's enjoyable. Well, that's what this does. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. essentially does that. So that's a great analogy because you have to get control of that part of it in order to enjoy the ride. Yep. Because life is a ride. <laughs> you got it. Hey, that's a good way to end and a good reminder as well. Any of these emotions or some other emotion that might be bothering you, that might be dictating your financial decisions, and you've got that voice in the back of your head saying, I don't think this is pulling you in the right direction. Because it all hits us. I mean, we know when we're being prideful, typically. We know when we're being overly fearful or greedy. We, we suppress that, that, that voice in the back of our heads. But if you, if you hear that voice and you know that you're not making the right decisions because of some emotion in your life, get that plan in place. Talk to Janine about it, and uh, you can set up a time to go through her smart retirement plan process. It'll cover all the different elements of retirement and financial planning. And again, make sure these emotions are in check. And so you can get in touch by calling 443-718-6311 or go to theuswealthadvisors.com. We're going to link to all that and put the contact info in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find it. 
Well, Janine, great episode. Enjoy talking about this one with you, and uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Thanks so much, Walter. Take care. Talk to everybody soon right back here on Your Financial Mission. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.